Hello, I am Bob Mooney. I am a Bible teacher in the local body of Christ, and I have been an interim pastor of a home church for a number of years. I hope you find these Bible lessons a blessing and of practical value. Well, this is our fifth lesson in studying the book of Habakkuk. Today, we'll look at verses 1 through 16 of chapter 3. This is Habakkuk's prayer. But first, I'd like to take a moment to review lesson four. And in that lesson, we saw that in the midst of national conflict, just as much today as in Habakkuk's day, we need to ask ourselves what our personal responsibilities are. First and foremost, we need to be sure our own lives are being lived according to God's plans and not our own. We need to be sure we're living by our faithfulness. We need to look to God's Word as our personal standard in life and not to our present-day culture. We need to walk in integrity with our focus on the Lord and not our present circumstances. We need to lead our families, our churches, and our nation to living a life of faithfulness. As each individual believer lives making their path straight and by keeping our focus on God and not our circumstances, we will see our lives and the lives of our families and our nation change, thus influencing our culture to change. We must see that what we build in our own lives must be done God's way and with the correct attitude or it is destined to ultimately fail. We need to let God lead us, as he did Habakkuk, to becoming worshipers instead of warriors. Well, let's begin our study by looking at verses 1 and 2 of chapter 3. A prayer of Habakkuk, the prophet of Shigayunah. Lord, I have heard of your fame. I stand in awe of your deeds, Lord. Repeat them in our day. In our time, make them known. In wrath, remember mercy. Here, Habakkuk refocuses from focusing on self and nation to focusing on God. He praises and worships God in these two verses. Then God shows Habakkuk a vision that he records in verses 3 through 16. And we'll look at those today. God's word and prayer go hand in hand. Our focus should not be on our own national problems, although there are, there are many. We have homelessness, political division, violence on our streets, injustice, and the list goes on. Our focus should be on the kingdom of God and its advance. The preacher's commentary puts it this way. Our driving passion needs to be to bring glory to God. Once we get the revelation that God rules the universe and his rule and reign are far above all that we know, then our priorities should be to advance the kingdom of God. Isaiah wrote in, in chapter 54, verses 7 and 8, For a brief moment I abandon you, but with deep compassion I will bring you back. In a surge of anger I hid my face from you for a moment, but with everlasting kindness I will have compassion on you, says the Lord, your Redeemer. King David was troubled regarding the prosperity of the wicked, and he writes in Psalm 73, When I tried to understand all this, it troubled me deeply, till I entered the sanctuary of God, and then I understood their final destiny. It troubled me deeply, 
till I entered the sanctuary of God. As it is with David, so it is with Habakkuk. It is when we get before the Lord in worship and prayer that we begin to see things from God's perspective. We get the Yah view. Habakkuk closes the second verse in writing, In wrath, remember mercy. We must always remember that it is not by our own merit, but by God's mercy. Then in verses 3 through 7, Habakkuk continues with his vision. God came from Taman, the Holy One from Mount Paran. His glory covered the heavens, and His praise filled the earth. His splendor was like the sunrise. Rays flashed from His hand, where His power was hidden. Plague went before Him. Pestilence followed His steps. He stood and shook the earth. He looked and made the nations tremble. The ancient mountains crumbled, and the age-old hills collapsed but he marches on forever. I saw the tents of Kushan in distress and the dwellings of Midian in anguish. Here, Habakkuk takes us on a ride through Jewish history. Mount Paran is another name for Mount Sinai. Taman is Edom, which is located south of Judah. Habakkuk is tracking history from Mount Sinai to the Promised Land when he says that plague went before him and pestilence followed his steps. He was recounting the times when Moses stood before Pharaoh. In Judges 3.8, The anger of the Lord burned against Israel, so that he sold them into the hands of Cushan Brishathayim, king of Aram Naharayim, to whom the Israelites were subject for eight years. And God used Othniel to deliver the Israelites. Later, God used Gideon to deliver the Israelites from the Midians. So in these verses, Habakkuk sees God's past deliverance of the Jews. Habakkuk points out times that God brought both siege against Israel, as with Cushan and Midian, as well as deliverance and leading to the promised land. In the following verses, Habakkuk continues his vision. As we look at this, we must remember this is not only a reminder of past history, but also of coming salvation and deliverance. Chapter 3 is a worshipful prayer written poetically, and therefore it can be interpreted many different ways. Some see this section as a continued history of the Jews' deliverance, and that idea fits. Also, some come to see this section as referring to the end, as in when Habakkuk wrote in 2.3, for the revelation awaits an appointed time. It speaks of the end and will not prove false. Though it linger, wait for it. It will certainly come and will not delay. So let's continue looking at this vision he had in verses 8 through 12. Were you angry with the rivers, Lord? Was your wrath against the streams? Did you rage against the sea when you rode your horses and your chariots to victory? You uncovered your bow, you called for many arrows. You split the earth with rivers, the mountains saw you and writhed. Torrents of water swept by, the deep roared and lifted its waves on high. Sun and moon stood still in the heavens at the glint of your flying arrows, at the lightning of your flashing spear. In wrath you strode through the earth, and in anger you threshed the nations. 
Again, Habakkuk here is pointing out the deliverance that God gave the Israelites. The sun and the moon stood still, and the heavens of the glint of your flying arrows was a direct reference to Joshua when the Lord had the sun stand still. If we are not careful and take these verses out of context, we could get the wrong idea here, especially in verse 12 when Habakkuk wrote, In wrath you strode through the earth, and in anger you threshed the nations. We need to realize that God is not limited to being an angry God who is only interested in bringing down nations. The key verse here is in 13. You came out to deliver your people, to save your anointed one. You crushed the leader of the land of wickedness. You stripped him from head to foot. God came out to deliver his people. Yes, God was bringing his vengeance, but against those who brought destruction to his people. Viewing this section through the application of the end times, this points to God sending his anointed one, his son, the Christ, to bring deliverance to the whole world, to those who will accept it. In doing so, he also comes to crush the leader of the land of wickedness, that is, the evil one, Satan. Verses 14 and 15, with his own spear, you pierced his head when his warriors stormed out to scatter us, gloating as though about to devour the wretched who were in hiding. You trampled the sea with your horses, churning the great waters. Habakkuk ends his vision in verse 16. I heard and my heart pounded. My lips quivered at the sound. Decay crept in my bones and my legs trembled. Yet I will wait patiently for the day of calamity to, to come upon the nation invading us. Here in verse 16, we see the physical effects that all this has on Habakkuk. First of all, Habakkuk trembles in the presence of the Lord. Many times in both the Old and New Testaments, men tremble at his word. Moses at Sinai, Joshua and David fell on their faces when they saw the commander of the army of the Lord. Daniel fell ill after seeing visions. Peter, James, and John fell on the ground terrified on the Mount of Transfiguration. In Revelation 1.17, John fell at his feet as though dead when he saw the glorified Christ. Secondly, what God shows Habakkuk brings him great concern and shakes him to his very core. This is not Habakkuk making something out of nothing or exaggerating the coming calamity. This is the word of the Lord and it shakes his very foundation. This is not just some spiritual or theological darkness coming upon the people of Judah. Habakkuk realizes that people could and probably will die. Property could be either destroyed or lost. Something monumental was coming upon Judah and it would forever change their lives and their landscape. We see in this chapter what started as worry ends in worship. What starts as fear ends in faith. What starts as a problem ends in prayer and praise. As Habakkuk takes his eyes off his present circumstances and puts his focus on God, his heart and spirit soar from the valley to the mountaintop. The same is true for us today. Yes, we all have circumstances in our lives that we need God to overcome. Some, like the people of Judah, we bring on ourselves by making wrong or selfish decisions. 
some we encounter just because we live in a fallen world. But either way, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. In Him we find redemption. He can redeem our wrong decisions if we let Him. Perhaps there are circumstances we need to speak to, such as in Matthew seventeen twenty. Truly I say to you, Jesus said, if you have the faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move. Nothing will be impossible for you. There are times in life we just need to speak to those mountains, to those obstacles in our life, and let God move them out of the way and change us and our hearts in the process. The bottom line is this. As believers, we are not to live controlled by our circumstances. We are to live by our faithfulness. We do this by keeping our faith and our focus on the one who controls these circumstances. It is a decision we must make. It is simple, but not easy. I hope you have been blessed by this message. I would love to hear from you. You can email me at rmooney at carolina.rr.com. And thank you for listening.